0: today on Laura Lynn and Friends.
1: I felt like, why is my government hiding this? Why won't they let me talk about this? Um, and I was desperately looking for outlets uh, that would talk about it um, because I really felt like they're hiding this. They're not being transparent um, with with some of these injuries.
2: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laurel Lynn Tatter-Thompson, and you know what? I just absolutely love being here with you every day. We've been through a lot together. Uh, We're BFFs, you know, and uh, I just appreciate you. You know that I love to read from my dad's Bible at the beginning of every show. He's been gone two years and a month, and I miss him every day. What an incredible man. He left such a legacy. Uh, Missionary, uh, you know, he, he... and my mom spoke about Africa as being the best years of their lives. And it was like 40 years ago, you know, No, it was 50 years ago, really. <laughs> it was 50 years ago, uh, you know, as of now, but they know, those were the best years, those missionary years in Africa, giving their lives for beautiful, beautiful people of Uganda. So uh, I opened up uh, my dad's Bible and I always read you what he's underlined. And in Psalms 99, uh, 7 and 8, he has underlined this and 9. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. Thou answerest answerest them, O Lord our God. Thou wast a God that forgavest them, though thou tookest vengeance of their inventions. Closes up with this. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. You know what I get out of that is that I think that the psalmist, of course, is talking about the cloudy pillar that led the Israelites out of Egypt and all of that. But do you see that he took he took vengeance about their inventions? Were they were they creating and doing crazy stuff even back then? Well, somebody who knows all about uh, you know nutty inventions and what's really going on in the world is Clay Clark. Clay Clark is the father of five kids. He's the organizer, and he emceed and hosted uh, the General Flynn Reawaken American Tour, the former U.S. SBA Entrepreneur of the Year for the state of Oklahoma. Wow. Who got me this bio on Clay? I've been introducing Clay for several shows, and I've never seen all this amazing stuff. Somebody went to a lot of trouble here to dig down. Thank you, you, JT. Uh, The founder of several multi-million dollar companies and the host of the Thrive Time Show podcast, which has been number one overall on iTunes business podcast charts six times. Clay Clark is a former member of the Forbes Business Coach Council, an Amazon best-selling author, and the host of the Thrive Time Show podcast, which has a hit number one on the was a hit uh, on the iTunes charts of the cat on the category of business six times. Who is this man, Clay Clark? Thank you for being with us. I really appreciate it. I don't know why it took me all this time uh, to actually, I think I'm getting an echo. Do you hear that? Um, I don't know why it took me all this time to figure out that you're such a significant person. This is incredible. Not only five kids, but all of this.
0: I am not a significant individual. Uh, I can just say that I'm a person who uh, wakes up at three every morning. I go to bed at nine every night and I basically work from three to six every day. And if you work from three to six every single day, And uh, you have some goals, you can get a lot of stuff done. And uh, uh, God has uh, certainly blessed me uh, to enjoy uh, success in our free country. But if we don't have freedom, it's hard to have success. So uh, I think we're all in this uh, fight together to help save freedom in in Canada and America and all throughout the world. So I'm honored to be here with you.
2: Thank you so much, Clay. Um, We'll we'll talk a little bit about your, you know, the final tour you're going to be doing in a little bit, but... um, you know, we're watching this mass immigration that is coming into your country. What, what are your thoughts and feelings as an American watching this craziness, even like twenty four to 26,000 uh, Chinese, young, able-bodied men just coming in the southern border? China is not south of, of America, from what I understand. So what do you think's going on?
0: Well, I know what's going on. Uh, The Bible in Genesis chapter 6 tells us that uh, before the flood, the earth was filled with Hamas, or the earth was filled with perpetual violence and wickedness. Um, The Hebrew word for Hamas means perpetual violence and wickedness. So the earth was filled with Hamas before the, the flood, and God tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, it'll be like as in the days of Noah before the flood, or before the return of Christ. So it'll be like as in the days of Noah before the return of Christ. And so the earth is now being filled with Hamas. Again, that's why you're seeing the Palestinian flag that was raised in Fresno, California last week. That's why you're seeing Hamas infiltrate uh, the southern border of America. You're seeing Hamas in Paris, France. You're seeing Hamas uh, in you know many cities, in many countries. I mean, you're seeing Hamas protests in Canada. You're seeing Hamas protests in California. Hamas protests in New York City. You're seeing Hamas protests in Australia. They're showing up everywhere because Hamas or violence and perpetual wickedness is filling the earth like it did in the days of Noah. And this was uh, prophesied to happen before the return of Christ.
2: Thank you for speaking about it. Uh, We're pretty concerned. I mean, just this last weekend, we had a young pro-Hamas supporter basically tell uh, several police officers that I will put you six feet under I will put you six feet under, he repeated it. He spoke to these police officers. And if you remember, we had the Freedom Convoy 2022 and one little, tiny, short little guy honked his horn and he got thrown to the ground by police officers. So there's a a very disturbing trend to violence, this Hamas, and and that's coming to our countries. Uh, We're we're very concerned that there's an emboldening. Uh, We've watched what's gone on with your universities. Are you shocked that people are not able to speak uh, up against clear, a clear assault on Israel, October seventh, and a clear, violent uh, you know regime that is now infiltrating the planet, calling for jihad.
0: You know, I'm not shocked. I, I maybe I wish I was. I think the Bible, you know, was written to prepare us and not to scare us. And so you have twenty seven percent of the Bible that is prophetic and seventy three percent of the Bible that's historical. And so, Hamas is filling the earth right now, and, and, and that's that's what the Bible said would happen before the return of Christ. Other facts here for you that I want people to know, and I'll pull this up so people can kind of follow along with me here. Again, that was Genesis chapter 6 I was referencing in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37. Um, the Bible also states that Gaza will have to be completely destroyed before the return of Christ. That would be Amos chapter 1, verse 7, Amos chapter 1, verse 7, and Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 4. So a lot of people don't spend a lot of time reading Zephaniah, but Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 4, and Amos chapter 1, verse 7 discusses how uh, you're going to see Gaza be completely destroyed before the return of Christ. Also, the Bible tells us that you're going to see Damascus, Syria, uh, be completely destroyed before the return of Christ. And for people out there that don't know this, Isaiah chapter 17 verse 1 Isaiah chapter 17 verse 1 specifically tells us that Damascus Syria um, has to be completely destroyed before the return of Christ and guess what has happened since June of wow. this past year well since June of this past year China has been sponsoring and or funding Palestine and guess what's happening in Damascus Syria weapons are making their way into Damascus Syria and Israel is now discussed having to level Damascus Syria so that's what's happening right now um, all these wow. things were prophesied to happen happen And we're seeing them happen. And God, in His infinite mercy, what He did was He wrote the Bible to prepare, not to scare. He wrote it so that you and I could read the Bible and go, "Oh, wow, that's happening." And that's why we're doing the Reawaken America tour today. During today's show, I did with General Flynn. He did what could be described as an altar call during the show. Wow! I mean, cool. I mean, if you would have told me four years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, that America's general, General Flynn would be on my podcast doing an altar call. That just would not seem like a uh, something I would have expected. But what's happening is as more and more people are seeing these prophecies come to pass, they're saying, well, where's the hope? You know, wh- where can I find hope here? Well, the hope is going to be in the return of Christ. I really do believe that. And for people out there that haven't read the Bible in a while, you go to First Thessalonians chapter 4 First Thessalonians chapter 4, it tells us in verse 13, it says, But I would have you not be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, and ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So as we take you know the Reawaken America Tour for our final event into Detroit, Michigan on June 7th and 8th, People ask me, well, you know, what's your vision for this? What's your plan? What are you doing? My entire plan has been to lead as many people to Christ as possible and to get the information out there about what's going on. And so that's why we're doing these events. Um, They're not financially sustainable. I was asked the other day, "Are you sad that your tour is coming to an end?" No, it's not my tour; it's God's tour. And just like I, I, you know, it's like when you see a child graduate from high school. um, You're, if you're a mom and dad, I mean, sure, there's a certain nostalgia to certain things, but you're excited um, if you did it right about what the future holds for your kids. And so we are excited to see um, what what it looks like for America to be reawakened. And we've been putting everything into it: all of our time, all of our talent all of our energy. Um, And these events are not financially sustainable. They're not profitable. And for anybody out there that's organized events, you know what I'm talking about. But if you go to to timetofreeamerica.com, you can name your price and you can request tickets for our final Reawaken America Tour, which will be in uh, Detroit, Michigan on June 7th and 8th. It's going to be a blasty blast. It'll be the second largest event that we've done uh, in in terms of attendance. there will be about 7,000 people there. And if you haven't been to it, uh, we just found out that Roseanne is coming. We just found out that Jim Brewer is coming. Laura Trump is coming. Uh, It really is going to be a reunion for those of you who've been to previous Reawaken America tour events. It's going to be a wonderful time to learn about what is happening and and really where the hope is, which is leading people to Christ.
2: Mm, I definitely have to try to make that one, Clay. I'm going to do my very best to get down there to Detroit. Um, We're watching, uh, you know, when you say Reawaken America, there's still a lot of uh, obviously sleeping people. So you've got, you know, you've got your work cut out for you. Uh, people are uh, getting excited about your next election, but there's also a lot of talk. The people that are not awakened, uh, they're, they're talking about we can't let Trump ru- run. Um, some people saying perhaps civil war, things like this. Uh, martial law could be, uh, you know, c- could happen in order to prevent elections. Even Klaus Schwab wants to do predictive elections in the future. Um, what, what's your hope for this next year?
0: Well, uh, what you just said about predictive elections, Klaus Schwab has said that. I just want to validate what you're saying is true. I don't have a prediction. Um, What I have is a conviction. What? What am I saying? Am I just rhyming? No. A conviction is where you have a deeply held belief uh, in something. And I believe that we're going to see uh, the, the Bible, every single prophecy in the Bible fulfilled. We're going to see all of them. So as far as this year, I don't, I don't know the time. I don't know the seasons exactly, but what I can tell you, uh, the Bible does tell you, you know, the, the the seasons. It doesn't give you the specific hour. I wish it did. And some theologians might disagree with me about that. They might say, "No, you you do know the seasons and you do know the hour." But I can tell you this: this First Thessalonians chapter five it says, "But of the times and of the seasons, brethren, ye have no ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night." For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman with child. Well, guess what? Uh, The World Health Organization right now and the United Nations, they're both calling for this peace and safety, this peace and security. You're beginning to hear the United Nations talk openly about this need for peace and security, peace and safety. You're beginning to see Yuval Noah Harari is calling for rewriting the Bible using AI. You're seeing Yuval Noah Harari calling for rebuilding the temple. You're seeing Yuval Noah Harari calling for banning the eating of meat. You're seeing Yuval Noah Harari seeing a calling for the ending of money as we know it. You're seeing Yuval Noah Harari wanting to dramatically change the times and the laws. You're beginning to see Yuval Noah Harari elevated to a worldwide platform. Yuval Noah Harari is becoming the world's best selling author. He is the world's best selling author. Yuval Noah Harari is praised by Obama, Zuckerberg, Gates, MIT, Stanford, Har- Harvard. Yuval Noah Harari means in Hebrew, the, the name Yuval Noah Harari in Hebrew means this, folks. Yuval means father of music, Noah, as in the days of Noah. Harari means mountain dweller. So we have the father of music as in the days of Noah ascending to be the mountain dweller. Yuval Noah Harari. This guy is openly gay. He rejects the God of his fathers. He's wanting to introduce a new religion. He's wanting to put surveillance under your skin. He's calling humans hackable animals. MSNBC gave him one hour and eight minutes the other night to share his case for why the Bible, quote unquote, advocates for slavery. I mean, this guy, you've all know, Harari, is really emerging as the false prophet. And if you open your Bible to Revelation chapter sixteen, verse twelve through fourteen, the Bible tells us that when the Euphrates River dries up, the false prophet will show up and China and Russia will team up. What? It's Revelation chapter 16, verse 12 through 14, tells us when the Euphrates River dries up, the false prophet will show up and China and Russia will team up. And that's what's happening. So Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, the BRICS nations, plus 40 additional countries are all teaming up. So BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they'll be adding five additional members on January 1st. And they are looking to de-dollarize, which would take us to Revelation chapter 6, verse 5 through 6. The Bible prophesied hyperinflation would happen. So that's what's happening. Uh, It's all coming to pass. And I encourage everybody to read every single Bible verse that I referenced on today's show and more because the Bible has all the answers.
2: We appreciate that, and, and we believe that as well. Um, do you think that there's going to be some blessings in the middle of it? Like with all of these things that you talk about, this false prophet, of course, we've got the mark of the beast and a, a lot of things happening, bringing a one world government, like heading, you know, trying to direct us to that way and, and money as well. And, you know, I, I can't buy and sell on Facebook anymore because of my profile. So, uh, I'm already living in the last days with, you know, with what revelation says about not being able to buy and sell. I'm pretty ticked off about it too. I wanted to sell a couch. Can't do it. Um, but uh, what is the good news for the people of God in the end times? You have such an incredible knowledge of the word. What do we have to look forward to? Because um, all of this, this doesn't feel good for a lot of people. It feels like doom and gloom.
0: Well, okay, so th- this, is, this is important to understand this, okay? The Bible tells us, I'm going to just give you Bible verses, and again, I'm, I don't have the whole Bible memorized, so give me a second as I pull this up here. But the Bible tells us not to store up riches because they're going to rust over time. This is in the the Bible. The Bible's telling us, "Hey, lay up for yourself not riches upon earth." So, Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 through, 20, through 23 states, "Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor uh, doth corrupt and where thieves do not break" Through nor steal, for where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. So I just encourage everybody make sure your heart's with Christ. You know, be focused on leading people to Christ. If you open your Bible to Luke chapter 9, verse 1 through 5, the Bible is very clear that our 9 to 5 job, that's Luke 9, 5, our 9 to 5 job is to lead people to Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. So I
2: I love it. That's I what I. It.
0: That's what I look at. I'm supposed to do. I mean, am I excited about watching the collapse of the dollar? No. Is it exciting watching hyperinflation? No. Is it interesting? Uh, is it interesting or is it terrifying? I don't know how I would describe it. But the Bible ret- describes. This is the Bible. This is not Clay Clark here. This is the Bible. The Bible describes the return of Christ as the great and terrible day of the Lord. Where does it say that? Joel chapter 2, verse 31. It says, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. So I would describe it as both great and terrible. So, you know, I mean, my my daughters tonight, they're having a party with their friends. You know, they're going to, I'm going to leave here in two hours, and they're going to have a party. I switch into dad mode. I'll throw on my hoodie and my oversized shorts, and we're going to have a, Uh, you know, party at our house with the kids, and we're going to try to make sure that they celebrate the reason for the season, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and they have a good time with their friends, and that's what we're going to do. However, uh, there is the reality that we are beginning to see the ending of the age and the signs of the beginning of the end of the age. And I just encourage everybody, Get in the Bible, assume I've lost my mind, read the verses I've told you. And if you want to learn more, and I'm sure you do, go to Mark chapter 13, read it out loud, though. Matthew chapter 24, read it out loud, though. Luke chapter 21, read it out loud, though. It's important if you read it out loud, because when you read it out loud, it will come across as more real to you. It's very important. Luke chapter 21, Matthew chapter 24, Mark chapter 13. They all tell you what has to happen before the return of Christ. Jesus was asked directly by his guys, his his closest associates. They said, hey, how do we know when you're coming back? And he tells them, Mark chapter 13, Luke chapter 21, Matthew chapter 24, wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, famines, nations rising against nation. What? False saviors. I mean, all this stuff, earthquakes in diverse places. It's all right there. And if you're out there today and you say, well, I, I kind of want to have a good time tonight, okay. You can watch the Reawaken America tour for free, the the, the documentary for free tonight at timetofreeamerica.com. Many people have described it as a feel-good movie, okay. It's timetofreeamerica.com. You can watch it for free, the documentary, featuring General Flynn, Mike Lindell, Pastor Archer Pulowski from Canada. You can watch it at timetofreeamerica.com. Two, you can come join us in Detroit, which is just a, a quick hop across the uh, the, the, the pond or the, the lake in Windsor, Canada. You can make your way to Detroit. You can make your way to Detroit for our Reawaken America tour in June. And then finally, the final thing I would just say to do is if you go to time to freeamericacom I have uh, documented all of the. Bible verses referenced on today's show. You can find them all right there, and I encourage you to dive into the Word of God. And um, you know that's what we're doing right now. And I I, I don't know how to explain it other than we got to live like Christ is coming back tomorrow, but plan as though He's coming back in ten years or a hundred years. And that's kind of the mindset I have. And and if you want to learn more about that mindset, read the book of Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah, what am I saying? Nehemiah, oh yeah, Nehemiah in the Bible, he had to build a wall. While also, read the story about Nehemiah in the Bible, folks. Nehemiah had to build the wall while also fighting. He had to fight and build a wall. So if you want to learn more about that, go to Nehemiah. You can learn all about Nehemiah trying to build and fight simultaneously.
2: You know, you have such a heart for evangelism, and I really appreciate that, Clay. Um, uh, you, you'll be excited by the service where um, it looks like about 100 Iranian and Afghanistan people gave their heart to the Lord. And so um, that that was a service that was planned, especially by a Jewish pastor in order to um, to share the gospel, but also to bless them because they are immigrants here and to bless them with food hampers. A lot of people finding it pretty tough, actually, after coming that it's not actually, you know, uh, going as well as they hoped. and, And there's some sadness. So it's an opportune time to bring the Jews and the Iranians and Afghanistans together and sing in Farsi and the Jewish language and bring love and peace. It was called Peace on Earth. So that kind of thing is happening. I I think that's maybe the answer and the only answer that we're going to see to truly have peace, as you've noted, some of these uh, catastrophic things going on.
0: And I don't say these things to scare. I say these things to prepare. I really do sincerely mean that. I don't say it just because it rhymes. Uh, I find if it rhymes, it's a little more pithy, so it gets stuck in your cranium longer. But if you go to time to freeamerica.com, again, you can learn all this. And again, God did not write the Bible to scare you. He wrote the Bible to prepare you. And I encourage everybody today, go to timetofreeamerica.com. I promise this event will be the biggest, best Reawaken America tour event we've ever done. And uh, I would call it Reawaken the World, Reawaken Canada, Reawaken, whatever you want to call it. It's a Reawaken America tour. So many people from all over the country all over the world come to this event get those tickets you can name your price you get those tickets you can name your price pay whatever price you want to pay get those tickets today at time 2 freeamerica.com we just announced tickets were on sale yesterday and we've already sold 1.47 percent of the tickets in the first 16 hours so the ticket requests are flying in and it is going to be a packed house in detroit michigan
2: i love it i'm going to try to get there clay love you so much thank you for what you're doing i appreciate your spirit i appreciate uh that you sacrificed an awful lot to to reawaken America and you've done a really good job. You've done a great job. God is so, so pleased with how you've invested and sacrificed. May God be with your family, your five wonderful children, your beautiful wife and all that you do. May his blessings be on you. Thanks Clay. We'll talk to you again.
0: You're the best. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Oh, I like having Clay on. It's a little bit like, you know, like you just open up the the fire hydrant, right? (laughs) Yeah, and he just like goes. (laughs) You don't have to prepare Clay. You don't have to hope he's coming with something good. (laughs) Yeah, he's just so, he's absolutely incredible. So, you know, I I don't know if you have uh, been to a reawaken, but I know we're speaking to people all over the world right now. But if you can get to Detroit... Let me tell you, these events, I think they're just the absolute best in the whole world. And, I mean, I'm personally very sad that he's calling this his last one. And, you know, it is hard. I mean, we just put on an event um, ourselves in, in Toronto. Um, Lance now was there. Uh, it's just incredible. But, yes, they're costly. They cost a lot of money. you got to get the big, beautiful venue because you want an A-plus event. And... Um, and it costs. So, in in any case, I sure appreciate um, all of his sacrifice. Uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna talk to um, a lady shortly, right, regarding uh, a vaccine injury that took place, and we just want to to highlight what's happening. Um, should we have a look at this this video? Author Douglas Murray, if any of you know him, now he's an interesting character. You know, this guy, you know, not a Christian, but he seems to be endowed with wisdom, and I do pray that the Lord will get a hold of his heart, but I, every time I hear Douglas Murray, and of course, you might know him from his book, The the Something of Crowds, The Madness, madness, madness of Crowds, and um, he just, and you know, he spoke a lot about, uh, you know, the gender uh, nonsense that was going on, and just has such a very clear, precise communication ability, So right here, he is now talking about uh, the curious reaction of Muslims when it comes to Syria killing its own people. And it's like it's poignant. Take a look.
3: Whenever the Israelis do anything, the Muslims across the West come out on the streets because they hate the Jews. And, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have been killed in Yemen. Not a peep on the streets of Britain and other places. Certainly not big protests. Uh Bashar al-Assad has killed more Muslims in the last 10 years than, ha- than everybody on every side killed in every war involving Israel since 1948, including the War of Independence. Nobody cares. The Muslims don't come out on the streets. They don't care. The only thing they care about is their hatred of the Jews. And it motivates them like nothing else because it hits at the core of their self-esteem. They can't bear it. And... So that one is like very interesting to me, but the, there are these fellow travelers who go along with them who have downloaded, as I say, a sort of pathetic American interpretation of colonization, decolonization, racial justice, reproductive rights, and try to map everything <laughs> on them. And-
2: I just love him. Um, he... He, he really does have a handle. He brings up really good points. He makes the world think. I think it's important that we think right now, that we're critical thinkers. Because what happened in this last three years is a, a lot of people put their critical thinking on the shelf. Oh, if Bonnie Henry says it's safe and effective, oh, if Teresa Tam is telling us that everything's okay, let's get our boosters, you know. and And for many... Uh, it just became something that you did, uh, either because the, the television was uh, letting you know that, you know, you should be uh, doing your part for humanity. Uh, you should be participating. And I appreciate Douglas Murray's perspective, you know, just to encapsulate what he was talking about. Um, you know, everyone is so angry about these deaths that are taking place as they as Israel is going after Hamas pretty intensely. Uh, But where is the outcry when the Syrians kill way more people and have already died, uh, you know, but they do it against their own Muslim people and then everyone's just silent about that. But if it's Israel, then, you know, world outrage. It's interesting, isn't it? Just something to make you go, hmm, very fascinating. I want to welcome to the show Carrie Sakamoto, and she is a lady who has um, experienced a vaccine injury and we thought it was important to allow her to tell her story and to give you insight into what has transpired. So, Carrie, thank you for being here waiting in the, in the background. I hope that we've got your sound okay. Can you hear me? Okay, we can't hear your sound. So, see if you're on mute. Check that out. You might be on mute. I'm not hearing it. Are you? No and it's not our end. We've got our channel open. Can you see it working at all? Yeah, we're not getting any uh, levels at all. Should she try uh, going out and coming back in? Sure. Yeah. So sometimes this happens, Carrie, we just never know someone's feed, but uh, uh, let's just, uh, if you can just hang up, Carrie, and then just come back in and we'll do another video with everyone. All right, good, I hope that works out. Um, So Egyptian Dahlia Zayeda, uh, talking about what the ultimate Islamist goal is, take a look.
4: All their goal is simply just to dismantle the nation states and build their own Islamic caliphate upon this nation state. In the West, they they adopted the strategy of infiltrating into the Western societies and and like putting their children who, who would normally be like second generation citizens of these countries into certain groups of influence in these communities so they can promote their ideas. One of these manifestations of this evil plan we are seeing happening right now in reaction to the Israel-Hamas war. All this twisted rhetoric about Hamas being a resistant movement, about being heroes of or a champion of the Palestinian cause and this This for me is nonsense, nonsense. It has nothing to do with the truth. But this was being told to Western youth in the United States, in Europe, in universities, everywhere, by their Muslim fellows, by their Islamist, I would say, fellows, who are saying this on purpose to promote some lies, to ally them... On the side of the evil, rather than being on the side of the good, and it's 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 really shocking to see that people in the US, for example, in American universities, people who belong who are women who are who belong to the LGBT community are supporting Hamas. They don't even understand that if they live under Hamas and the Sharia law, they will be immediately killed just for being an LGBT person. You know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So when you see how brainwashed they are, you will be shocked. But there is a reason for that, that like Islamists has been preparing for this moment for so long. Wow, Um, that's
2: so true. You know, when you see queers for Palestine, uh, you have to go. um, Have you not looked into this at all? Have you not kind of studied who you're supporting? Know your audience. And, um, it, you know, it's really very sad, but this is the propaganda machine that has been working. So, uh, you know, uh, as she says, spreading lies and people buy it. And uh, as we, you know, did show these videos, uh, we've been showing these videos over the last week of these many, many protests becoming violent, uh, threats of violence, uh, that Hamas feel. Um, this is the concern that we be very, very aware of what is actually being taught, what is being shared, what the truth is, what the lies are. Do you think we have uh, Carrie to bring on? Okay, Carrie, let's try this again and see if this, this works. Yay, I hear you. Thank you. You can hear me? Yes, yes. isn't that fantastic? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, <laughs> Carrie. Good, good. And um, should she use headphones? Yeah, you can actually try to use your headphones if you'd like to. Um, we'll give you just a moment because it will it will silence the rest. It, it should work now. That's what you're saying, JT. Hope this doesn't put us into something. But oh, I still hear her. Yeah. Fantastic! That's awesome. Good, good. So, Carrie, tell us about yourself. Um, give, give us some background. We know that you have dealt with a a vaccine injury and we appreciate very much your courage and willingness to talk about what happened to you so that people get knowledge and they get understanding. So tell us from the beginning sort of uh, about getting your, your shot.
1: Uh, Sure. Um, So, um, April 21st of 2021, I uh, went down and I got my AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, I was uh, mid-40s, stay-at-home mom at the time, um, lived on a farm. I was homeschooling my kids because of the shutdown, and uh, my senior mother was living with me because of the shutdown as well. So um, when the government was saying, okay, we have a fix, we've got this vaccine, come down and get it, I, I signed up right away. Um, so I went down April 21st, I received AstraZeneca. Um, it was then pulled from, the, from Canada Um, because of blood clots I believe is what they were reporting at the time so um, I had to choose between Pfizer or Moderna and um, with a lot of thought I chose Pfizer Um, I got sick right away Um, I had no pre-existing conditions no reason for this to be happening but sorry um, I had taken, um, I apologize. I have memory issues as well right now. No Um,
2: worries, no worries.
1: So I had to choose, I chose Pfizer. I went and got it. I got sick right away, but it was um, flu symptoms. It was all the things they were reporting on the news. Um, And my husband was experiencing the same symptoms. So I thought it was okay. Um, By day seven, uh seven, eight, my husband was on the mend. He was getting ready for the day, doing his thing, and I was still very sick. Um I had fever and um then I started getting what I call um I'm sorry.
2: That's okay. I need to back up. Let, let me just say, yeah, let me just say, uh, that, you know, so so this is you basically, um, you know, before, before getting the shot, and this is your life, and you're a mom and a, you know, a wife, and uh, this was, um, this is you, I guess, at some point afterward.
1: Yes. So, sorry, I got sick right away. It was flu-like symptoms. Um, I had... Um, developed tonsil stones. And Mm. so I called my doctor and because of restrictions and I was sick, I couldn't go in to see her. So it was over the phone. She prescribed um, some antibiotics. Um, She said if I wasn't better in a couple of days to go back, to call back. Um, Within 24 hours, um, I was really sick. I was vomiting Um, from the pain in my head. Um, All I could describe it as it was like a brain fire. Um, It really felt like my head was on fire. So um, I went into the hospital and um, they actually gave me things for uh, migraine. They thought maybe I was having severe migraine they gave me uh, some gravel and some other things to, s- to settle my stomach and sent me home. When I got home, um, I went to sleep. A few hours later, I woke up and everything was back. Um, the medications had wore off and I was really, really sick again. Um, my husband took me back to the hospital. (laughs) Um, on the way to the hospital, the, um, my face dropped. Um, it became paralyzed with what I thought was a stroke. I thought I was having a stroke in the car on the way to the hospital. Um, I got to the hospital, they took me in and evaluated me and said uh, after a few hours that um, it was Bell's palsy. Um, They did some brain scan, they did, um, I can't remember which scan it was, but they said that it was Bell's palsy and that, oh I'm sorry, there was no scans at this time. It was just Bell's palsy from what they could see. They gave me a round of steroids and um, told me how to take care of my eye and sent me home again. They'd given medication to stop the the vomiting and the pain when it wore off again. When I got home, my husband took me back and um, the paralysis was starting on the other side of my face. At this point, they admitted me into the hospital. I could no longer eat. I couldn't chew food or swallow. Uh, speaking was very difficult um, and at this point I'd lost a lot of weight so um, they put me on some tubes and um, a bunch of IVs and kept me in hospital. Then I it came the uh, vertigo and um, I couldn't really walk so um, I had to While I was in hospital, I couldn't see my children or anybody else, just my husband, um, because of the restrictions. Um, It was really difficult on me. My kids were having a really hard time. They really wanted to see me. So um, I was determined to get the heck out of there. So I learned to chew, I learned to take care of myself, I learned to walk with a walker, and uh, I walked out of that hospital 17 days later. But, sorry, uh, while I was in hospital um, is when they did um, all of the tests for me. They were trying to figure out why this was happening because of brain fire. That was a big concern. So when they did the scans, they could see that the meningial lining in my brain was swollen, and it had cut off all of the nerves and stuff going to my face. Um, To this day, the swelling is still there, uh, which is why I uh, am still suffering with a multitude of issues. So it is... Bell's palsy, but it's Bell's palsy like. So uh, my doctors told me that um, from what they could come conclude, uh, this was there. And um, they reported it to Ottawa. And um, they told me about the vaccine injury support program in Canada. Um, so, yeah, so then I was determined to get out of hospital and, um, the first thing I wanted to do was tell the world. I wanted everybody to know what had happened to me. Um, I wanted doctors to know so they knew what was coming into the, um, waiting rooms. Um, But I couldn't get any of the mainstream media to speak on it. Um, So I went through the vaccine injury program so I could prove my case so that I could speak publicly about what happened to me. And that's exactly what I did. Um, In March, I received a small payout for uh, my hearing loss and my. Uh, paralysis on my face. Um, I am still waiting for more compensation, so my case is still ongoing. Um, I have vision loss in my eye, so I'm waiting for compensation on that. Um, yeah, uh, wow. brain issues. Um, they I was testing as. Uh, early onset dementia. So um, I went to see two neurologists and they've concluded that it's actually the medications that I'm on that are affecting my memory severely. Problem is I can't, anytime I deviate from these medications, I end up back in the hospital. So that's
2: where I sit today. <laughs> wow. Um, it's It's such a difficult story to hear. So when you uh, went to get the um, the shots, do you feel that you had that that you were told by whoever gave it to you that there were risks associated with any of these shots? I think you said AstraZeneca was first, right? And then and then yes. you did the Pfizer shot, and both had yes. bad reactions for you, right?
1: Well, the first vaccine, the AstraZeneca, I was okay. Um, I really didn't have any um, Okay, you reaction. just
2: heard about the blood clots then.
1: I had, Well, they pulled it. When I went to get my second vaccine, they said, here in Canada, we took it out. We're not using AstraZeneca anymore. We're seeing blood clots at the time. That was why they said they pulled it. So... Um, while I didn't experience blood clots, was it a part of uh, what happened to me? Did it contribute? Did the mixing mm-hmm. contribute? Uh, I've always wondered that, even though the doctors say it was Pfizer. I wonder how they could conclude that, how they could be so uh, adamant about that.
2: Right, how they could be so sure of that. And yeah. um, informed consent. Do you, do you, did anybody yeah. say as you were getting the shot, because we're supposed to get informed consent. We're supposed to understand risks. Did you get, did somebody explain to you that there could be potentially a problem?
1: So I went back and I read the form that they give you when you get the vaccine and nowhere on there was there anything even close to the uh, injuries that we are seeing now. it was there you could have a rash um, there was some people reporting dizziness and um, I don't know that there was much more than that on there um, yeah definitely no, no uh, neurological issues like we're seeing they eventually did say I think it was about four months after I received, after my injury, they did come and say on the news that they were seeing some Bell's palsy from from the vaccine. Um, when asking my doctors, uh, they have seen a few, but uh, not many. And I'm the only one who has not recovered.
2: Wow. Um, how How did... People respond when you began to say, I've been injured by the vaccine and when the evidence began to show that that's what happened. Because um, we've interviewed a few people who, when you try to sound the alarm, you actually kind of get, you know, told to to be silent or you don't get the best response. What was it like for you?
1: Um, it was crushing. Um, I felt like, why is my government hiding this? Why won't they let me talk about this? Um, and I was desperately looking for outlets uh, that would talk about it um, because I really felt like they're hiding this. They're not being transparent um, with with some of these injuries. Even though my case has been proven, um, they still won't talk about it. Right. In the mainstream media. Um, I turned to TikTok. I'm actually doing a live right now um, because they have been an amazing community for me. Mm. Um, Good. Yeah, I've been able to reach a lot of people that have injuries through there.
2: Right. And what is the general consensus? Like, Before you got any shots, it was kind of, you said, I think it was 2021, right? April, is that what you said? Yes. So had there been much talk at all? Had you seen anything um, giving you any concern in any mainstream media? Any concerns that you shouldn't be getting this uh, vaccine? Had you heard anything? Nothing any, any videos nothing no
1: nothing i didn't even honestly know about uh vaccine injuries at all um i didn't know that for as long as there's been vaccines there's been injuries
2: right they don't talk about them at all do they like whether it's you know the the covid vax or or any of the other ones um
1: they they started this uh, vaccine injury support program, and to me, it's like, well, why did they have this program in place? Um, well, because there's so many of us, um, and it's not being run very efficiently. Um, I waited 20 months for my first uh, any kind of compensation, um, and they are now just now uh, assessing my other injuries, uh, for the rest of the compensation. So, um, they are painfully, painfully slow. Uh, and again, all of my stuff was uh, proven right from before I left the hospital.
2: How many folks like yourself are getting compensated? Um, Because there's many other issues as well, right, now now showing themselves.
1: Um, I could be wrong on this number, uh, but but on their website, I believe they said they have compensated just over 700 people in Canada, but thousands more are waiting.
2: Exactly. So your community now, you you say that you can talk to others and, and you're able to Um, you know be a a source of strength for each other Um, these other injuries have you met other people that had uh, like you say Bell's palsy but um, usually it'll clear up but in your case it it hasn't Um, are you talking to other people with Bell's palsy uh, or other kinds of injuries what what is the most numerous that you're hearing about other injuries
1: Types. Um, I'm i I'm I'm hearing and I'm speaking to a lot of people with neurological issues, um, with balance issues. Um I have not met personally uh anybody who has bell's palsy from this. I have heard um I have heard from people who say, you know, my mother has this or I had it, um, but uh, yeah, no, nobody like me.
2: Wow. And so describe for us this, what this has done to your family, to your daily routine, your life, uh, your 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 family, um, your husband, like this has changed everything for everyone. And I'm so glad that that you have that kind of support, but this would be such a crisis to deal with.
1: Well, it started with having to sell our home. Um, we lived on a farm quite a ways from town and um, I needed to be closer to the doctors and the hospital. Um, and um, my children needed independence, as did I, because I couldn't drive for a long time. So. Um, Being able to walk places was important. Um, So I lost my independence. My children lost, um, you know, I wasn't able to do anything for them really. I, even to this day, I function in my house um, because I can get around without falling and, um, you know, I can navigate it pretty much with my eyes closed. Uh, This is my castle. I do drive my kids to school, and uh, I stop at the grocery store, that's, that's it. Um, It's, uh, because of my memory, Uh, for example, uh, one thing, it's, it is scary, Um, I've left appliances on. Um, I bought a Christmas turkey the other day, and I put it beside the freezer and walked away. I found it this morning the thought in my grudge. So it's just, I can't trust myself. I can't trust myself with finances. I can't, um, I've lost my independence, really.
2: Yeah. I'm so sorry, and I'm I'm so grateful. Uh, Carrie Lynn is your name. I'm Laura Lynn, and you're Carrie Lynn. Um, So (laughs) very, very sorry uh, for this happening. And, you know, I just believe that God can also, like, over time restore and, and heal you. Uh, I'm so glad that you're getting compensation because as we know, now so much more has come out. I guess you're following it a bit closer. I mean, not just injuries, but actual death, uh, many of them. And uh, so people um, are getting much wiser to all of this. But yet my concern is that you still see this safe and effective. Um, I just drove by a huge uh, billboard. The billboard said... Nobody wants to ride with you if you haven't had your vaccine in carpooling. So make sure that you're getting your vaccine. First of all, a vaccine will not protect anyone in the car because you can still, if you've got COVID, you can pass it to them. So it's not like you're not getting COVID because somebody got a vaccine. It's a lot of propaganda. What has this taught you about this propaganda out there?
1: Um. First of all, it taught me not to trust anything blindly. Um, Government, doctors, people. (laughs) Um, I just put too much trust in everything. Um, I I learned not to be first for anything. (laughs) Um, I will go last from now on. Um, I find that... uh, it's honestly traumatizing for me. I don't know if it's some type of PTSD. I can't really turn on the television because um, all the commercials, it's go get your vaccine. I saw this morning, I accidentally turned on the news. I was just, just turned on the TV to uh, go make breakfast for my children. And, um it said uh, MPs lining up for their Christmas Christmas COVID shot, or Christmas-themed COVID vaccine, and I just, it's everywhere, and it just sends a bit of a panic through me because I know that um, it's, you're not seeing all of the negative with the positive, like there should be more transparency that there's not. And and I guess I understand where they say, you know, they don't want to scare the public, but we deserve to know all of the risks.
2: Yeah, we really do. And um, I'm trying to, I, I'm asking JT if he could pull up a, we did a Laura Ingram clip Because really, uh, you know, it's very few television hosts or news that will tell the truth on this. And one of the people that has told the truth, well, there was Tucker Carlson. He lost his job eventually. And there's been uh, Laura Ingram on Fox News. And she has consistently, she didn't take the shot because she was concerned about some early things she heard. And then she's been compiling the evidence. And most recently, it was 158 1,000 uh, excess deaths in the United States of America. Now, those can be from a multiple of factors, including the, the lockdowns and the trauma that they put everyone through in that regard. But um, you're, you're right. Like, where is CBC? Have you, have you tried to get anyone in, in Canadian news television to tell your story in order to bring some balance and a counterpoint to their safe and effective ridiculous propaganda.
1: Everybody, I've reached out to everybody. My husband sent emails, I've sent emails uh, multiple times. Um, nothing, no response at all.
2: I wonder if yeah. they should be held responsible as well at some point for um, failure to do a, a humane um act and tell people, to inform people, to warn them, because people to this day, like the MPs, God bless them, um, are still lining up to get their shots and still getting their children vaccinated. And there are injuries and there have been deaths from these things in Canadian kids.
1: Yes, I've actually spoken to two people now that are injured from the latest rounds of vaccines. So every time there's a new not new vaccine but uh, new ad campaign uh, it seems to be there's I meet a few more people injured so um, people just need to know that the reality is it can happen to you and you just really should be prepared in case it does um, it, sh- it is your choice ultimately and um, yeah you should be informed.
2: You should be informed, informed consent. Now, you also talk about being yelled at by somebody. Um, what tell, tell so us about my, that for
5: consent.
1: My first um, case. Manager with the vaccine injury program. Um, It was a new program, and so um, they were trying to work out the bugs. And um, my first case manager was uh, not empathetic in any way. He was uh, very aggressive and uh, would often yell and scream at me. Um, I would get off the phone and cry. I was just trying to appease this person, knowing that they held. Uh, they held my future in their hands. You know, if they made a report of any kind against me, then um, maybe the vaccine injury program would not be successful for me. Um, and I really needed it to to go through. Um, he eventually was pulled from my case. I was told he was going on vacation. Then I was told it was an extended vacation. And I was recently told that he was fired. Um, I had him for the first 14 months uh, going through the program. And then um, after that, uh, I received a new case manager and my case went forward within three months. So um, I have asked for an official investigation. Uh, So far, nothing's happened.
2: Wow. I just, I just think people, um, it, it's so it's so very odd about this but when you get injured by a vaccine uh, there's just not a lot of sympathy I've heard of people that have been injured their family turned against them their family said please don't say anything don't don't go public with this it's such a shame to be injured by the vaccine that that the government did this to us. Do you ever wonder in your mind like what has gone wrong because I'm guessing in the beginning you did, you did this because you already heard on the news that you have to do it for the community, right? You have to do it for what's right for people, right? That's yes. why you did this, to to be yes. to be, to do your part. Yes. And it it hasn't it hasn't worked out that way. And and when when people then uh, have these injuries, a lot of you know, you called it crushing, which is very interesting. Like crushing you know, crushing to your life.
1: Yes. Yes, it was. It was life changing. Um, It literally changed everything, everything about our lives. Um, Yeah, everything to this day. you know, sometimes I'm on a live, and people are, come on, and they they say things like, "Why are you still talking about this?" And I thought, like, "What do you What are you still talking about this for?" And it's like, "Well, I have to go to bed and wake up like this." You know, um, yeah. for me and my family, it's still an issue every single day.
2: Yes, yes. And and how has your husband uh, gone through this? Because compensation should also be family, uh, because your husband's life also changed dramatically when this happened to
1: you yes um he stepped up right away my husband is amazing he (laughs) was taking care of the kids and and coming to see me in the hospital and demanding answers um and uh has been my biggest supporter he uh had started his own music business when this happened and um, the business did not take off so um, he was left to change careers and he currently is working on the rigs Uh, he's 53 and he's gone out to the rigs so that he can earn money for us um, every day
2: Wow. Well, God be with your family and I, I just want to tell you that it's very important what you're doing because the news isn't doing it. Our medical officials that we have lost absolute trust in, my husband's just sitting here and we're going, you can't trust the medical, uh, you know. They, they won't tell you the truth. They're all in it for whatever kickbacks they're getting. Hospitals get kickbacks for sick people. Uh, you know, if people die with COVID in your hospital, you, you, get, you get major compensation. So that's something that came out as well. So there, there's money everywhere. Pe- people are being incentivized to promote something that is harmful. And folks like you, when something really goes wrong, it, it gets lost in the cracks and you're doing a tremendous service by continuing to speak out about it. And I hope that you get top dollars Because this is no small matter that has happened to you. This is a a lie perpetrated. Our governments know about this. But somehow they've invested their, you know, Trudeau actually bought, I don't know if you heard this, but 400 million shots. So when you've only used a little bit of that, uh, either it's a complete waste or you have to keep telling people to get these shots, and they're all invested in all of this. So... I appreciate it very much. We're going to um, we're going to actually um, uh, well look at this could we play this moderna CEO Stephanie Bansell lamenting that countries that had too much information on the vaccine had low uptake rates? I mean this is the other side so if they actually put the information out people were warned people like you maybe decided they wouldn't get this vaccine. take a look Carrie.
6: The extent of this misinformation, when it comes when it comes to vaccination, I think has, as a somebody who works in the media, I, I mean that was just overwhelming to see all of that across all the channels, right?
7: Yes, and I exactly agree with panelists, which is I think, in some countries, you know, you saw scientific debate in national TV, prime time, so you can imagine how people were scared you know, Ben, as Sef said, you know, a lot of political debate in some countries and the US was kind of maybe one of the worst place in the world and you saw the differences of countries where all the parties would say, you know, this has been approved by the regulators, clinical studies have been done, you should get your your your, your vaccines and so on. And then as Sef said, I mean, the social media was just terrible, uh, just terrible. And so at a time of uncertainty where people were scared for their loved ones, you know, Many people, you know, lockdowns. Uh, it, it was very hard for everybody from a just mental health standpoint. Uh, when you, you this with all that environment, you could see some countries where you had scientific debate and political debate and social media. If you had those three things, the uh, vaccine rate was uh, very, very low.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just shocking the way that everybody sees it. But I think that's why your story is important, Carrie, is because you are the voice that is giving the warning so that people will not go and get. A, don't get a booster if you've already had one. And if you haven't had the shot, never, ever, 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 ever get that shot because it's a lot of harms. It's it's millions of um, you know things that have happened after getting these shots, including death, including death. And so you're the voice that's helping save the world and I really want you to know that and I'm sorry that somehow you got entrusted with this very big burden and that it's been quite the cost and a sacrifice to your family to your husband to your children but we appreciate you and I honor your courage and I thank you for that is there any last thing you'd like to say to everybody
1: that I'm a survivor I'm not just a victim And I'm going to use my voice to spread awareness and um, try to help other people like me. Um, Because, again, for as long as there's going to be a vaccine, there's going to be people like me.
2: Yes. Very good. Very good. We, We know you're a survivor. You're strong. You're especially strong because you're able to talk about it. And to now take this tragedy and help others. And that is a, that's an incredible thing. So thank you for coming on, Carrie. I appreciate it. And we will keep you in our prayers for um, a miraculous recovery in time as you are healing. We, we pray for that. Thank you very much for being here.
1: Thank you for giving me a safe space to speak.
2: You're welcome. You're amazing. Thank you. Isn't that an interesting choice of words there at the end? She says, thank you for giving me a safe space to speak. Isn't it shocking that that woman wouldn't be given a safe space everywhere? Why is is CBC, CTV, Global, why are they not featuring this story? Or, Or many, one of the thousands and thousands and thousands of others that have traumatic vaccine injuries. Why why is this not being put on screen? I hope that you'll share this broadcast right now, everyone. Clay Clark was fascinating. People will love it. Uh, we'll also get this put into, uh, you know, a, a shorter version so people can share just this story. So l- let me just, um, I want to go over now, uh, JT, I'm not sure if you found the lady's name because we were going to air this yesterday. Uh, a, a very interesting thing, is it Austria? Speaking on yesterday's rundown, but I threw that on the floor. <laughs> oh, I, you should see what I do. I, every day I just kind of, I just throw throw my, I think I see the rundown somewhere here, but all right. Um, let's see if we begin playing it. So this is basically a doctor sounding the alarm, and I believe it's in Austria. Oh, you know how I'll find it is even if I don't have it up front, I'll have it at the end of this, but I'll get it from Gary's uh, Senior producer Gary sent the information on this, and I basically have to read the transcript of what she's saying. But it's it's absolutely amazing. So let's uh yeah let's roll it. To read fast, right? Yeah, do I have to read fast? No. Okay, <laughs> I'll try. Okay, so this is what she says. Before you, if you ever say that you are calling on people to get vaccinated again, you should think carefully and look at what you have learned in the last few years. And you learn, for example, back in February this year, it was published for the first time that the vaccine was contaminated, namely with plasmid DNA. We all covered that. And that's not false information, but these are facts. These are independent laboratories that have found plasmid residues in a much higher concentration than that specification provides. And you also have to say, you also have to question things, is that true? This specification these famous 10 nanograms per dose because it involves naked DNA here the DNA is just like the messenger RNA it is packaged in the lipid nanoparticle with that it also goes goes into the cell and that's not even said I want that too because uh, of my biotechnical experience as well as being an analyst and I worked very very closely also with the development and the production question, whether this is actually the right one limit is. And the authorities are silent about it. It hasn't been tested either. Yes, that's the next thing one has to tell people. They sent the test certificate further. It was at the best paper control and the control labs have barely performed any analysis. Yes, they did four parameters including clarity, color, content, but they didn't test for all the important things regarding contamination. And we've known that since February, there are now reports again, also from Germany, from Tuesday. And this is not being covered by mainstream media. And, and there is where it needs to be reported. Before anyone thinks about further vaccination recommendations, so the famous plasmid gate, as it is also called, Yes, if you've heard of it. And that's not any not just any idea that someone has, but this is real data from laboratories repeatedly shown that we are have we are here and have a huge problem. And that was in the MDF the day before yesterday and I think that's a paper or publication and the authorities are silent and this is a scandal in my opinion. And this lady is highlighting in another country, and she's sitting there with people who are obviously not a health, com- yeah, health authority, and um, they're not supportive of, of all of this coming out, and yet there's actual data and facts about this plasmid DNA. And um, I think that we have, uh, we, have a, um, we have an era of champions uh, speech that is going to be done by Dr. Byron Bridal and also by Dr. David Speaker, who has outlined some of these really atrocious findings uh, about the safety, the efficacy being completely all wrong, and and that we've got a problem. We have a problem. And this lady is declaring it, saying it, and it looks like, you know, they're getting some, some coverage there on the, um, you know, you know airing some of this stuff, but whatever, whenever someone tries to tell the truth about this in the public, A, the the mainstream media, cowards and and, and pathetic losers that they are, are doing a tremendous disservice disservice to the entire world because they will not cover what the truth is about the vaccinations. They will not cover it. And yes, I know that we shouldn't call it that. We can call it a bioweapon. Uh, We can call it, you know, the the clot shot, whatever uh, people call it. But the truth is, uh, Laura Ingram reporting, you know, 156,000, you know, overage of deaths from 2019. And um, a real problem, nobody highlighting it. And wasn't there another person who collapsed on a field? Was it Soccer JT? Yeah, he had a heart attack. And that just happened, I think, two days ago when they had to call the game. And, you know, how how embarrassing, as somebody said, for them all, that really, like, these attacks are not just happening behind the scenes but actually happening, uh, thank God, because it's a warning, because it's showing the truth that these people are 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 very harmed and injured. And it seems to be that if, you know, if you've had these shots that having a little bit of extra, you know, physical activity can sometimes actually bring it on. So this is why it's happening to people as they play. And they're, you know, they're incredible athletes. They're healthy, they're at the top of their game. Young, healthy athletes suddenly having heart attacks. You can bet that the shot is behind it. Um, All right. so um, let's finish up a couple of things that we have and uh, let you go today. So, I had one more uh, video regarding a Victoria BC imam calling for the annihilation of the Jews, if you have that ready, JT.
8: Look at what is happening in Palestine. The Zionists are occupiers. They are the aggressors. They came to a land that doesn't belong to them. They are the criminals But what do we hear the world saying? They are saying that Israel That's what they claim that The name of that country is So we're just using the names that they use Country's name is Palestine, Philistine It is not Israel In any event they say That Israel has the right to defend herself Seriously the occupier, the invader, the aggressor, they have the right to defend themselves. Anyone with an ounce of logic and understanding will see how wrong that is. And so you will learn from this that the disbelievers at large, we're speaking in general terms, And this is exactly what is unfolding before our eyes. Understand that they stand together against Islam and the Muslims. So when they say that Israel has the right to defend herself, what they are saying is that the Zionists have the right to wipe out the Muslims of Palestine. Okay, and I'm
2: going to read it, and humiliate the infidels. And uh, the, does that say jihadist? Because no. And what? Polytheists. Polytheists. Okay. And it says, O Allah, destroy the enemies of Islam and annihilate the heretics and the atheists. O Allah, support the mujahideen in your path everywhere. O Allah, make their feet firm, strengthen their hearts, and grant them tranquility. O Allah, support them against their enemies and your enemies. O Allah, support all the oppressed Muslims everywhere. O Allah, bring annihilation upon the plundering and criminal Jews. O Allah, annihilate them, for they are no match for you. O Allah, show us the black day that you inflict upon them. Oh Allah, make their plots backfire on them. Oh Allah, shake the ground under their feet.
8: Look at what is happening in Palestine.
2: Well, wow. just, you know what, just play it in the, on, on the side and, and just take the, the sound down there for a second. Um, so, this is what I'd like Our to, occupiers. Know, to let you know, um, that this guy has his facts wrong, and I'm very sad about this. Um, So it's not only the Jews, apparently, it's the atheists out there. Now, I didn't hear Christians mentioned, but we probably fit in one of those categories, but he specifically mentioned the atheists. How fascinating. How fascinating. Now, this is right in our backyard. This is in our province, right, JT? Victoria British Columbia this is a BC imam calling for the annihilation of the Jews now um, I would like to say and and ask all of you if you really want facts on history when the Arabs refused to even honor uh, the word Palestine or Palestinians uh, you can go back to that and I want to share that with you and this is this is the um, the the one that you want to see Um, in this broadcast that I have done, I have done this with, uh, George Antonios, this fellow born in Lebanon. He gives one of the most clear, most accurate, precise historical accounts of what took place, um, how Israel became Israel. Um, I'm not sure what this imam is talking about. It's not their land, Jerusalem 800 years before Christ. So we're now talking, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, right? Like 2,800 years ago, right? Because we've got 2,000 after Christ, right, JT? And 800 years before. So my math is good. 2,800 years ago, right? The Israelites, uh, King David is king over Israel. That's the name of it, okay? Then they got conquered in 70 A.D., and was it Hadrian, the Emperor Hadrian, or something like that? He, he didn't like the Jews, so he conquers the land, and then he calls it Palestina, okay? And he calls it Palestina, really, in order to offend the Jews. So then what happens is uh, that was named Palestina after the Philistines. The Philistines were a brutal... Group of people um, full of Hamas, full of violence, full of, you know, harm to the Israelites. That's what was going on. So in this broadcast here, I want you to know, we go through the history of that whole area. And I'll show you something. I think there's a map back here. See if I can find it. Oh, you'll love hearing this guy. This is a former Hamas, um, the son of a Hamas leader. He is speaking out. And um, then there is a map. And if I can bring that up, it's helpful because it shows this is a little tiny piece of land that the whole Middle East just cannot leave Israel over. You know, so look at this. Um, Right in the middle here, if you can see it, that little red Israel, do you see that? That little red dot, right? Okay. Um, That is, that is Israel, surrounded all of the green areas. That's all what, JT? That would be the, um, Africa. yeah, Africa. But I think it's Islamic controlled areas. Muslim Muslim countries, everything. They are all completely surrounded by Muslim countries. This tiny... Little area there. So a British Columbia imam is spreading lies about Israel occupying their territory. Palestinians didn't own anything there. There they were squatters on that land, and I don't know. I'm I'm just like you. When um, you know uh, when your landlord tells you that you have to go, then you have to go because they bought the land. They bought it. The United Nations gave them the land in 1948. It was done very quickly in a day. Then they were attacked nonstop. Oh, you know, it has been endless difficulties. But I'm just going to have to ask everybody, uh, if this land is to be anyone's, wouldn't it be the Israelis who, who were basically there since 2000? you know, 2,800 years ago, 800 years before Christ. That's the, the reign of the kings, all through Kings, King Samuel, the Chronicles, you know, the, the whole lit, litany, the history of that area is, is Jewish. And so uh, George Antonius also explains, after being born in Lebanon, what he saw about the hatred that is taught to the children against the Jews. And remember that clip that we showed you earlier in this program where it's, it's interesting. Douglas Murray points out that they're in an uproar over the killing that, that has taken place because they've gone after Hamas. And let me just say, unverified killings. Unverified. There's no way to verify what they're saying. And if you want to know how bad Hamas liars are, let's go back to the hospital bombing where within minutes they they reported that Israel had bombed the hospital in Gaza and that there were 500 dead. Ooh, they send it out. Of course, the world reporting systems and all of the beautiful mainstream media who love to report the truth told everyone that Israel had bombed the hospital, 500 hospital killings. Then we find out it's actually the... is you know, Islamic uh, fighters. Hamas and hit the lot. It's, it was a group that's working with Hamas. It hit the parking lot, killed 50 people, and it was their people that, that did all of this. But they had no problem putting out 500 people. So when they say 15,000, 17,000 dead, I have to ask, what are the real numbers? Because, because Israel is doing strategic... Uh, hits and there's no doubt about it that it's tragic when children are involved. I just will continue to say what kind of parent or grandparent, I got sent a video today of a grandparent so so sad because he's all upset because his grandchildren were killed in Gaza and my question that I sent back to the person was Why is a grandpa there with children in the middle of a war-torn zone? When millions have left Gaza, uh, why? And I I think it's something like two million-something that have left. Why are children there? Bad parenting? I think so. What kind of people allow their children to be in that area? Well, they do have a belief system. Verified. One of the, I think we played a clip yesterday, didn't we, from a guy that said, if ch- if children die, well, they've been martyrs. They're martyrs for the cause. Did we play that yesterday? Martyrs for the cause, they're martyrs for the cause. And so, so they believe that anyone who dies because they're in a war zone after their own people have gone in, raped men, raped women, burned children alive, Horrendous things. 47 minutes of video is available if you'd like to go view it to verify that things actually took place where people seem to be saying, Oh, I don't, I don't know if this really happened. Well, it did. And it can be verified if you would like to take the time to do that. But this imam in our British Columbia spreading these lies after Hamas went in and did this, these atrocities. What kind of man is that? You have to wonder. What are you thinking about all that? And how easily lies are spewed from this, this group, this Hamas group. How easily they just misrepresent the truth. And that's why I don't believe much of anything they say. I do. I do not like that innocent people, especially children, are involved. I don't know how innocent parents and grandparents that have decided that a martyr's death is fine with them. I don't, I don't know how innocent they are in anything. They're Hamas supporters. But the children, that's very sad. So let's change topics. Um, Hunter Biden, uh, his laptop whistleblower, Jack Maxly, uh is talking about what kind of things they found on Hunter's laptop take a listen
5: We believe that we've been able to scrape all the attachments um, We keep finding more and more things and so that became quite horrifying and uh, that's where we are people and in, in short order I'm going to make it available to the world my original intention on coming here was to make copies for the United States Senate, the House of Representatives, and US law enforcement, because every single crime that Hunter committed, other than espionage, is also a state crime. All these crimes can be prosecuted at the state level. And as I said earlier, why would we wait for Mrs. Peter Strzok to do something about it? Because we know her husband didn't do anything about it, because he testified against the president in the first impeachment while being in possession of Hunter's laptop. Here's something that I think everybody has to understand and I've not gotten a clear answer. The Washington Post has not gotten a clear answer. Josh, I don't believe you've gotten a clear answer. The Senate Judiciary Committee, who finally contacted me about a month ago, had no answer. It appears that that FBI agent who picked up Hunter's laptop and those who he was associated with never filed Hunter Biden's laptop into evidence at the FBI. The FBI received the laptop on the 9th of December, 2019, but they actually were informed of its existence earlier. Now, uh, what did they do about it? I don't know. I've not seen any confirmation that they've done anything.
2: So one of the uh, points that this gentleman makes is that um, evidence on this laptop of child trafficking, sex trafficking, and adult sex trafficking, trafficking women, um, is all there. So, So he's, you know, Hunter Biden is being hauled up on not paying taxes. I think this is worse. And I hope all of it comes out. Whenever there is evil, you can bet that it will come out. I remember my mom telling me that. You know, she says, be sure... Your sins will find you out. She was quoting scripture. (laughs) And sins have a way of coming to the forefront and becoming a huge humiliation. And what an embarrassment Hunter Biden has been uh, to his already embarrassing family. So it's not as if they were great. Yeah, it's a low bar. (laughs) That's right. Um, But how absolutely humiliating. And then I don't know if you've also seen this horrendous, uh, you know, gay sex tape that's come out that, uh, you know, they had sex in the, uh, in the Capitol buildings. Was it down there? A Senate hearing room. Um, and you know, they've, so understand that the people that went in January 6th, they, you know, someone put their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk and I don't think you should do that. I wouldn't do that myself. Um, I'm thinking if I was there and all these people were going in and the police were giving you the bump when you came in, I might have walked through. I might have thought it was okay to walk through a Capitol building um, where everyone's going and the police are not stopping you. I mean, so much injustice has happened. But when two guys that actually work there, or at least one of them does, and they go in, and there's a literal sex tape of, of them doing their monkey business in in there, what are they going to do to them? Defiling the room they're like that. Investigating. They're investigating. Yeah. You know, I bet they're not going to be stuck in jail like some of the Jay Sigurds for ad nauseum eternity. Unbelievable. Um, so let's have a look at um, also trans women, um, whatever that is, stating that trans women can become biological women.
8: I don't have to say that trans women can be biologically female. Uh, surgeries exist that can change uh, your sex, and the bill just does not account for that. Uh, I have updated my legal sex on every government document except for my birth certificate, as I was born in Tennessee and moved here soon after, uh, and Tennessee had recently made a law that would that makes it illegal to change the gender marker on a birth certificate. Under the current law, despite anything I may do, any amount of hormones, surgeries, uh, level of competitiveness, I would not be able to participate in any female sports.
2: Right, no, no you wouldn't because you're a dude. (laughs) Yeah, because you're a guy. And, you know, um, if they dig your body up a thousand years from now and they go, oh, look who was alive back in the 20, you know, 2023, um, they would go, oh, chromosomes, XX or XY, that would determine what sex you are. And so uh, it's just a very interesting world right now that we have, you know, Um, I did have an out loud laugh last night when when waters uh Jesse Waters was reporting about uh these two guys having sex um in the in in this room and he said you know gee well i hope that one's not pregnant cuz i heard that men can men, men can have babies now so i hope you know one guy's not pregnant so i did have a laugh out loud about that but it it honestly it's it's just so um everything's upside down and And it's all like we're in the Truman Show and we're supposed to just go along with this nonsense. When history is going to show that all you crazy people that are lying to little kids and hurting them and telling them that they can change their gender, history is going to show that this is one of the sickest, demented, most demonic assaults against children of all time. Where you cut off penises and cut off breasts and try to redo the body to make a, an odd rendition of the opposite sex in a child. When you're destroying them, you're destroying their sex life, you're destroying their identity and you're, you're giving them a lie and you're putting them into a high suicidality category because they will eventually go, this is horrible. Nothing good about this, this is all, this is a lie, and, and, it, and it's just harming society, it's just harming. And do you know what's interesting is that the LGBTQ are so bullying and mean to those who detransition. To anyone who dares to speak against this hideous narrative, uh, they are so mean to those who go, yeah, actually, I, I tried to do this. I thought it was an answer, and it wasn't. And now I deeply regret, and now I'm deeply upset that where, where were the adults telling me as a, a 14-year-old not to do this? Those kids, they're coming back. They're starting to sue. And I always say to everyone, remember every social worker, remember every teacher, remember their words, write their words down when they encouraged you to do something that destroyed your life and later, get retribution, take them to court as authorities that have ruined your life and get a big payout, some compensation at least for the harm that you've suffered. Final video, a young Canadian woman wants to move to the US because no opportunities in Canada. Take a look. I live in Ontario and I need someone to tell me
6: the pros and cons of living in america because at this point canada just ain't it it's just like not it anymore like the the cost of living it's just it's too much the wages are staying the same i can't afford to move out i'm 24 and i'm embarrassed that i can't move out i can't leave my toxic household so what am i supposed to do where where am i supposed to go what are the pros and cons of living in america and everyone's like oh canada's so great this and that it's not anymore free health care you know how long it takes to see a mental health professional in Canada? A year. Dermatologist, a year. I might as well pay for private health care. The wait list is so long. Like you don't even get the adequate help that you need. So where do we go at this point? Where, where are we supposed to live? Where can I live in a place where I'm able to enjoy my life as well? Because I'm not enjoying it here. I feel so utterly stuck. I don't know what to do anymore. You go to school, you get a degree, and you're still not guaranteed a job. 60K a year? That used to be, like, a decent amount of money. Not anymore. So where do we go? What are the pros and cons of living in America? Because I need to get out of here.
2: Hmm. I don't know what the pros and cons of living in America, because they're also going through a really tough time. So if you have nothing in Canada you know, can you see the hopelessness that young people are feeling? And she's exactly right about getting help. So, um, you know, uh, our very dear friend, Alicio Ibarra, um, that, that's the worship leader that helped us. Uh, we would have worship outdoors. Uh, we would, um, you know, have different services where he has sung. He is very, very sick right now. And I, I spoke with his wife and do you know, like, so everything is like seven months to get this treatment, you know, uh, six months to a waiting list, one year waiting list for all of these things. Um, he has excruciating body pain and also something is wrong and with tinnitus and things that are happening in his brain, it just feels like it's going to explode sometimes. It's, he is in a horrendous situation and I would ask you to please pray for Alessio, but, um... As we were, as I was speaking uh, to his wife, I under, you know, understood more clearly that we think we have a good system. If you get sick, we don't have a good system. You need to use it. It's great if you don't need to use it. Oh, I've got medical. I can go to the the doctor. Yeah, and wait two hours in his waiting room, and you know, get get a ten minute quickie, fast as you can diagnosis of whatever you have, get out of there, and he'll just give you drugs, right? And so you get to do that, but if you get really sick in Canada, let me tell you, the wait list, the, the hope of help, you know, you could die waiting, basically. So this is, this is not, this is not ideal. This is not great at all. And so I would ask you, please, please to pray for uh, Elisio, uh, pray for his recovery. We'd like to try to do something um, to help them. We'd like to have a day of faith for Alisio where we plan an event in late January and we'd like to put on um, an evening of worship. And we're gonna believe God for Alisio to be there and to play a little if he can not play a lot, but to have this evening where we can get together, worship God and uh, you know and be able to give an offering to them and to their family, okay? So think about that, and uh, late January, we want to give him some time, we're giving you know, hope that he can come through, and also um, in this next week we're going to be airing um, our, uh, our presentation from Steve Merrill, from um, the gold and silver guy we like to call him, um, increasingly the, uh, the news is alarming about our economy, about money, about the potential for some sort of drama to take place in this next year. So we urge you to take any cash excesses that you have. If you have enough to buy property, it might be a good time to buy, Uh, you know, property is going down right now if you can do that or even consider investing abroad. Mexico, people, a lot of people I know are just getting their money into land. Okay. But another awesome way is to make sure you're protected by having your money go into gold and silver. Gold and silver does not rust. It is valuable. It, its intrinsic value is absolutely undeniable. It will always be worth something, even if on a certain day, your dollar collapses. And that's the concern is the day that the dollar collapses and they devalue the dollar by a significant amount. It's too late. Uh, You could have bought a lot more the day before of gold and silver. So why not? If you've got a nest egg, just consider investing in gold and silver. You get to have the gold and silver. Steve will ensure that it is shipped to you. And then you can do with it what you want, hide it in a good safe place, uh, you know, under the tree in the backyard or where where grandpa's buried out back, I don't know. But uh, you can can take care of it and you can have control over that money and it will retain its value. My website is lauralyn.tv. I want to thank you so much. Um, We're coming to the end of the year and many of you have blessed us this year and you've helped us to do what we do to tell the truth, to speak the truth, to, to just spend time together. Um, some of you say that you get your coffee, uh, and I love having my coffee. I don't usually get to drink it on, on air because you know, I'm talking too much. Imagine that, but I appreciate that many of you really, really love what we do because you see the value in speaking the truth. Can you believe that they are not putting this beautiful, girl Carrie's story on mainstream so that other people would be warned. Can you believe that? The way you get warned is here. So if you have somebody that's considering taking a shot, make sure you just forward them. Hey, listen, just thought you should know, you know, fast forward to Carrie's story about what has happened, um, you know, with her taking that vaccine. And we have done so many, so many um, great shows On what has been found in those wretched things just go to my rumble channel if you go to uh, my website you'll see all the shows that we've ever done we're highlighting the truth we speak it without apology uh, without fear we believe the truth is important and that God God will give us the strength and the discernment and the wisdom to navigate these horrible times if you could go to the donate button and help us Um, you also get an income tax receipt. Some of you, you know, you've got some income. You're wondering where to put those final dollars. When you donate to us, you donate to a charity. You get a tax receipt. And that is because we spread the gospel of Jesus and we intertwine it with our daily news stories. God in the marketplace, God in the world, God as a nation-changing savior, who can bring about uh, so much good in spite of all the, the bad news that we talk about. So my email for email transfer, super easy, Live at gmail.com or Live at protonmail.com. Either of those, you can email transfer lauralynlive at protonmail or gmail. That will get you to, uh, to um, you know, be able to, Send a note if you'd like to. Send a letter if you'd like to. Send an encouragement or tell me what you're not happy about. Uh, Call me a Zionist if you want to do that. Uh, You know, people are calling me a Zionist. A a Zionist can be anyone from someone who believes that Israel is in the land that that they're supposed to be in. And I'm sorry, I do believe that because I, I just follow the Word of God first and foremost. Secondly, historically, they were there. And thirdly, I just... they they. Have been so attacked. And so I stand with those who have been absolutely assaulted at this hour. And so call me what you'd like. I'm just going to be telling the truth. And some of you have said, you're disappointed in me. I've let the movement down. I'm, you know, I'm a Zionist, whatever that means. You know, I've been to Israel twice. I really do love it there. And I really like people who don't call for the annihilation of other peoples I, I I value that i I like that because I, I that bears witness with my spirit that at no time should we be calling for the annihilation of another people group and apparently right here in British Columbia we have people imams, spiritual leaders calling for that I don't stand with that, so if you stand with me, if you stand with the truth, thank you for your support thank you for donating to us and helping us to be able to uh, keep doing what we do. And, you know, um, you can give anonymously. You can give monthly. Uh, you can sign up to do monthly or you can just give a one-time donation. All of it as well. We also have a snail mail, which is Box 48184 in New Westminster, uh, V3M0A7, if you want to send a note or send us some some help and support. It means the world to us because we don't have um, anybody just, you know, helping us to do this. We don't have any big organization behind us. We, we lost all that. I was in a big organization. And because of the fight that I was in about Soji and, and all of that, um, you know, it just became that that wasn't their mission. And so God did indeed call me to fight these things. God did indeed call me to speak. And so when you help me to do that, you help us to get God's purposes done this planet and it means the world to us you know you can give to some bigger organizations and and you know what like they got a big pot and it's gonna all go in and I'm sure they're doing great things not saying they're not doing good stuff but when you donate here we know your name we pray for you we appreciate you um, unless you're an anonymous donor. And then I don't know who you are, um, except for one great uh, great person recently wrote me and told me that they're an anonymous donor. So um, I appreciate that so, so very much. But we, we thrive. We are blessed. We have strength. We get encouragement because you take time to help us. And you also get a tax receipt. So it's wonderful. I want to leave you today with... Um, with this amazing story uh, when Paul was in a storm. And this is found in Acts 27, um, verse 13. Now, Paul was very prophetic and he had told these guys, because he was a prisoner, and he had told them, I should not be, we should not be sailing. I don't feel good about it. I don't think that this is gonna be a safe journey. We shouldn't be doing that. And he felt the storm coming. Have you ever felt a storm coming in your life? Oh man, so then it says in verse 13, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they they weighed anchor and set sail among the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. So it kind of started as a gentle wind and everyone thought it would be okay. But that wind picked up. It's funny how fast a storm. It's funny how fast a little tiny thing in your life can suddenly become a huge storm, you know? And if you're like Paul the Apostle, do you know what you do? You call on the name of the Lord and you trust God. But he was at the mercy and hands of the the Roman guards. Uh, So they weren't listening to him. They didn't care about his God. They didn't believe in his God. So when he said, I don't have a good feeling about this, they weren't listening. So he was at the whim and the mercy of these bad dudes. So when this hurricane force, northeaster wind, swept down from the island, the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. And as we passed to the lee, whatever that is, a lee of a small island, JT, I knew you'd know, going on the side of it. The wind we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure so the men hoisted it aboard then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid that they would run aground on the sandbars and eventually that's exactly what happened on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands when neither sun nor stars appeared i guess it was a very dark thunderous time they were all you know, chucked overboard. And basically the boat ran into the rocks and burst completely apart. And Paul said to them, don't worry, because the guards, they actually thought about, well, maybe we need to kill all the prisoners so they don't get away. And he says, no, no, no. Men, he says, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Paul prophesies in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the storm that looks like it's gonna take everyone's life. He prophesies not only for the safety of himself and maybe other good people that were incarcerated at that time, because funny thing about history, it seems to incarcerate some really good people, not just the bad ones, but he says to the men, don't you worry. This boat's gonna fall apart, but you will be spared. And so they let him free. And then they end up in a shipwreck and they end up on on the shores, the seashores of this island of Malta. So guess what? Paul gets bitten by a snake as he grabs it out of the fire. The snake, a, a poisonous snake gets him. And they all say, oh, he's gonna die. But actually he lived. God spared him, nothing happened to him. So then they thought he was like a God and he was able to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the island of Malta. And he was right where he was supposed to be in spite of a huge storm and others who were taking control of his life. God had him at the right place at the right time. God has you at the right place too. Doesn't matter about the storm. See you tomorrow you know it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing but for some of us we feel that we have no choice because if we are silent about these abominable things then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that for those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement i am deeply grateful thank you for all the letters that you've been sending thank you for the donations and the support